My name's Jason Fleming, and this is the More Than My Past podcast from the Forward Trust. This festive edition of our podcast was recorded at the annual Forward Trust reunion in central London. The Forward reunion offers a chance for people who've been helped by the charity to celebrate their journey towards a life free from addiction or offending. I had the privilege of being there this year, and I found myself in the company of so many brilliant people, all under one roof, and all more than their pasts. You're about to hear me asking some tough questions. What was their worst Christmas? How they got through it? And what advice they give to others who might be struggling through this often difficult time of year? I'm sure you'll agree that their responses were a real inspiration. And I want to say a big thank you to Jake, Tam, Ella, Vince, Joe, Andy, Natalie and Ilario for agreeing to speak to me on the day. Remember, if you need someone to talk to, you can find Forward's online chat service by searching Forward Reach Out on Google or call the Samaritans on 116123. Thank you. I'm asking a few of the people who have attended today about what was their worst Christmas and what would they suggest to help people get through well, I start off with the first bit, which is, you know, your worst Christmas. Um, and I had many. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've been in recovery since 2014. And um, I can remember all of them. The the ugly ones are the ones that, you know, I don't really remember. Mm. And what I, what I remember about myself over Christmas is the anxiety before Christmas. And I think that's true of all of us. Um, whether you're in recovery or not, um, you know it's a it's a time of year when behaviours change and expectation changes and and anxiety changes and the pressure and, and we put it on ourselves, don't we? And you worked with food as well, didn't you? Yeah, I had a couple of pubs in Devon, um, and I can sort of vaguely recall those. And this is, you know, half a life ago, and I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'm 53. Um, no, very long time ago, um, and and later on, I, I ran some great restaurants in in London, and, um, and and I had a great time. But of course, there comes at a cost, and uh, um, and that uh, eventually led me to needing to go into recovery. And probably um, one of my favourite Christmases was the one that started on December seventeenth, uh, twenty fourteen. And I, I went off. I went off to the farm, as I like to say. And it was, it, w- it was to give my wife and my son a good Christmas. And I had to be absent from it. You know, and that, that sounds awful for some people, but it was the start of something joyous. You know, and, um, and my Christmases have not been like Christmases before. I mean, is that a Scrooge line? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think. Yeah, car. yeah, exactly. And it does. It comes to visit. You know, uh, the Christmas Carol stuff is is very true for me. Um, but then, my perspective of the holiday has changed because I'm no longer afraid of it. Mm. I'm, uh, you know, it it is another day. And if I if I worry about it, it'll, you know, here we are in early December. And I can ruin Christmas today. Yeah. You know, and, and Christmas isn't for three weeks or whatever it is. But, I mean, this comes on to the suggestions that I'd make, which is really, um, if if you don't want to worry about Christmas, do something today mm-hmm. and talk to somebody. I think, you know, 
when we express our anxieties and our fears with somebody who is um, not going to take them on, not going to provide a solution, not going to try and fix it, it's just there to listen, we all of a sudden have a chance of enjoying Christmas. And it's a bit like booking a holiday. You know, when we book a holiday, we put the money down and then we have a month before the holiday of looking forward to it. Yeah. And that is the holiday. You know, it's the, it's the absence of self, almost, that you're thinking of, you're projecting this thing of happiness. And actually, if we do something today, if, if you talk to somebody today, Christmas looks better. You know, if we, if we tap into that part of us that is anxious or fearful and we express it to another then Christmas looks better already. It's meant to be the most joyous time, but my experience in the prisons, because I, I, I've been going in for about three or four years, but I've got no, I've done no time. But I presumed that when I started talking to the lads that, that, that Christmas would be a happy time. And in fact, it's the worst time possible in prison. Um, but what was your worst Christmas? My worst Christmas was, was when I was a kid, really, and getting nothing. My two brothers were getting stuff, and me getting left out uh, because I was the, the, the one that was a scapegoat in the family. And I can remember just getting an orange and an apple and a stocking, you know, and, and, and nothing else. My brothers getting train sets, and, and I was the I was a scapegoat. I was the middle child that was a scapegoat, and I was the one that got the blame for everything. So mm. that was one of my worst Christmases. Uh, and, and reflecting back on that stuff, I, I still reflect back on the news sometimes, you know, I look back and think, that, well, that was then. Yeah. yeah. But I've come all the way since then, you know. And, and then ended up in jails and institutions and mental hospitals and, you know, and at Christmas in, in the jail. It's hard. But I used all the way through it. I didn't, you know, I just got drunk hooch, but I got stoned. And it just went, you know, it was just another day in the jail for me. And it was, it was hard because... I didn't have any family anyway, so it didn't, didn't matter to me, you know, it just that uh, I was in a jail for Christmas. And sometimes it's better I was in a jail for Christmas. Because I was sleeping in park benches, living out of skips, or, or doing all that stuff, you know, uh, homeless. So sometimes jail, jail did save my life on many occasions. Mm -hmm. And and I got through it. And I was smiling, I was happy, and I went to church and I done the usual carol stuff and all that, because it made me feel part of something. Yeah. But before I didn't feel part of anything. I didn't feel part of anything at all. I just felt alone sometimes, you know, uh, and, and, and and not being part of any 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 anything at all. So for you, in a way, Christmas in the Nick, it wasn't so horrendous because your Christmas experiences outside the Nick had been from being a child from yeah. from childhood had been so horrendous. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But I think that people in in, in, in in prisons can a lot of them get through it that way. A lot of them shut down. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of people are around me shut down and just, they, they miss their families and all that, you know. And, and I didn't have that same same stuff about it, you know. Yeah. I just didn't have that same stuff. You know, just, Which made it easier, but also it's very tragic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hard sometimes, you know. Yeah. And seeing visitors coming in at Christmas time and getting people getting visits and me not getting any visits and stuff like that, you know, that was the hard part, yeah, I think, for Christmas. You know, it's just... And what's your advice, Dan, to someone to how to get through this period without using, without without getting into trouble? I think that if you stick close, uh, if, if, if you're clean, stick close to people that are clean. You know, uh, go to meetings on Christmas Day, get around people that are actually in recovery. Not your oldest, not old associates or friends. Or It's so easy to pick up Christmas. A lot of people relapse at Christmas. Yeah. 
And I'm going to share this. I've been in recovery 30 years. You know, one day at a time, I've been in recovery 30, 29, 29 about years, you know. And some Christians were, were harder than others. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I just stayed away from the people I used to use with. I just stayed away from the people that, that I surrounded myself with clean people, you know. I, uh, so where will you be this Christmas? Well, I'll be this Christmas at home with my wife. Nice. And my fat and my four dogs. Oh, nice. And, uh, that brings tears to my eyes because then speaking of this stuff brings stuff up for me. And, 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 you know, I've got that today. I've got that love. I've got that family. I've got a daughter who's 27. You know, I've got my dogs and I've got my father, I've got my, my mother-in-law and my, my wife. And, and, you know, the Christmas house is full of happiness. My wife, my wife has a drink, you know. It just doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, I'm, I'm, I'm chairing a, a local meeting. And Christmas evening, I'll be at the meeting, opening the meeting. That's Christmas for me. Yeah. Seeing Addie's coming in the door to a meeting on a Christmas day. Mm-hmm. That's, it. that's 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 what it's all about. Well, Tam, you were meant to have those happy Christmas when you were little, but at least you're getting them. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And that's why I get emotional about it. You know, this, you know, I, I've, this is the first time I've been in London for fifty years. I've never been back to London, so I left London for seventeen and a half. Mm-hmm. I was using abusing down here as a rent boy, and, and I left London fifty enough to come back. And it's emotional for me to come back to London. But you know, I'm glad I'm here. Ella, my new friend at Ella. We're just asking today about what your worst Christmas was and what advice you would give to people who were in your boots when you were in trouble and what advice you'd give them over Christmas. I relapsed just before Christmas last year. So I decided to give up drinking from like August to November. Um, my main aim was to give up Coke. So I gave up drinking because they come together. Yeah. Um, but I relapsed probably like November the 22nd I think it was and I got really drunk and I ended up crashing my car into a neighbour's car um, and then I just ended up on a mad one and didn't stop for like a day maybe two um, and then so last year was like lockdown wasn't it like Covid like I was really isolated like I couldn't see my family my dad was looking after my nan so I couldn't really go to their house um, because she's vulnerable yeah. and I had to go to work. Um, so I kind of, it just got so much worse because I was on my own most days. Like I'd go to work, come home, and then I'd just drink. And then I'd buy Coke um, and I'd get the Coke delivered to my, my door so it, I didn't have to go anywhere. Um, and it was just, it just spiralled so fast. My mental health deteriorated so fast. Like, I was so suicidal. Like, it was like, and my nan was really ill at that point. My nan died when I was in rehab in January. Um, and, like, she was ill on and off. And it was just like, the connection I had with that woman was unreal. Mm. And, like, for me to go through that and not be able to see her was really, really hard. And I didn't get to spend Christmas with her because of COVID. And so it was just me, my mum and dad, but I was in such a bad place. And my parents didn't really know. They knew kind of, but they didn't know how bad it was or to the extent, because I was so good at covering it up. And um, yeah, so that was that was the worst Christmas of my life. <laughs> and it was the last Christmas as well. Yeah. So this year, hopefully it'll be better. So yeah, so this year I've, I went to rehab in January 
Um, and then I relapsed when I came out about a few weeks later. And then I did the day program before Trust and Dover. And now I've built those solid foundations that I needed. Um, I'm nearly seven months sober now. And for anyone who is struggling, I think you just need to hold on in there. Things will get better eventually, but you have to, you've got to really like pull that out of you, you know, like um, you have to really want to get better. And no matter throughout my addiction, I knew I didn't want to be an addict and I did not stop trying to get better. I didn't want to be depressed. I didn't want to be suicidal, but I just didn't know how to stop. Mm-hmm. It's but, about putting your hand out, isn't it? I yeah, guess. and eventually I did start asking for help. And then I said to my dad, look, I need to go rehab. Look, I'm not cyber, I'm going to kill myself. Or I need to get better. And I was 30 this year. And like, I'm so glad that I did that. Because if I hadn't, then I probably wouldn't be here. And that's not being dramatic. Like, I, I generally don't think I would have made it. So, yeah, for anyone out there who is struggling, just, it will get better. I promise you. What was your worst ever Christmas? How did you get through that Christmas? Yeah. And now that you hopefully are in a better place, yeah. what's your advice to someone who's struggling over right. this period? Well, my first and worst Christmas is I missed my son's first ba- uh, Christmas being banged up. Okay. Um, so that was definitely my worst Christmas and it broke me. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Um, to the point I did come out and I carried on using because... I broke promises to him, you know, it's my son. And anyone that's got kids knows that that's a special time for them. Um, I never had a good Christmas. My dad ruined them every year, uh, being violent to me, my mum. And uh, yeah, I never really loved Christmas. And how did you get through that that, that day when you were in the nick and you knew you weren't there for your son? Um, Well, I was badly depressed, you know, um, but I had to reach out to my mum, made a phone call to my mum and that, and... Basically, I didn't really cope at all, really. But getting out, it's about the kids and it's about enjoying it with them and remembering the good times and learning from my mistakes, really. So when you were their age, you had awful Christmases? Yeah, yeah, I had a terrible upbringing. Um, Dad was an alcoholic, violent. I can't remember one good Christmas with him. And how old are your kids? Uh, My son's now 11. Okay, cool. Yeah, my daughter's 16. Yeah, so, um, yeah, enjoying the Christmases with them since. Yeah. I made a promise to them I'll never go back. And that's been over 10 years now and I haven't. And what's your advice though, mate, when, you know, when you, you're you obviously in a better place now, but for the people who are, who are still struggling? Reach out. Definitely reach out. Um, I'm, I've never been offered an opportunity like this with good network of support. And you're not alone. You're not alone. Reach out to someone, anyone, and have a bit of faith. That's great advice at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is. I mean, everyone's higher power is different. Mine's the groups and the meetings. And yeah, the love. It's, it's like a new family. Yeah, well, thank you. The toughest Christmas was the one where my mother had died and my father was married to 49 years. 
and me, my girlfriend, and my father were at the table in my family home. The pain of losing my mother and watching my father at Christmas was my most difficult ever Christmas. My father died the next, before the next Christmas, and I spent that Christmas with a friend from the fellowship where I live in Hull. So my, my hardest Christmas, bar none, I was clean from drinking drugs, addiction, active addiction for, it was 2011. So I would have been seven years clean and it was hard to keep my emotional, it was hard to manage my grief and sorrow because mm. I lost my mother. Yeah. How did you manage to get through that? I got the message of the 12 steps, basically. I got yeah. the message of recovery. Um, and if I ain't got it, I would not be here. And what's your, what would your advice be, mate, to the people who might be where you were back then? Trust someone and develop a trusting relationship and talk about the struggles in life which cause you to use drink and drugs, which you use drink and drugs because of, and in that process, you may find the problem, which I did, which was that, A, I couldn't use drink and drugs successfully. B, I didn't really need to use drink and drugs. And C, I was using drink and drugs because I, I was so scared of life. And when I went through this process, asked for help and trusted one person, it led to trusting more people. And it led to a kind of transition from being an, an active drug addict to someone who the desire, the overwhelming desire to use disappeared. So find someone to trust, talk about the issues which are hurting. And if you can't talk about them, talk about the struggles in life and, and stuff like that, because that's essentially what I did as I went through the 12-step process in these places, in the prison and in the bridges, and that's what I do today. I talk, I've, I've found people who I can talk to honestly about my emotions, about my thinking, about the stuff that I think is shameful or fearful or strange and... I have a great network of people and it started for me with with forward trust and the care the care of the counsellors. It was like trusting someone who reach out for help. That seems to be the overriding thing that people just say, just put your hand out. That's the one. That's it, you got me there. All the stuff I've talked about, it's accepting the help that is the hardest thing for people it was the hardest thing for people like me because I, I, did, I on a real deep subconscious level I felt unworthy and I felt that I didn't deserve help and I'd lived such a life that I was full of shame that I didn't know about. I was full of fear, I was full of anger, full of guilt. I was just carrying all this stuff and I had to learn to accept help with it and it was real difficult but I made that connection, I did it and I still do it today, do you know what I mean? And it's part of, it's part of my life, it's part of a... I'm connected to humans today, I was isolated before and the, the actual act of, asking, of accepting help was the very thing I needed to empower me. Brilliant. 
what was your worst Christmas ever? Ooh. How did you get through it? Okay. And now you're hopefully in a better place. What would, you, place. what would your advice be to someone who was in the place you were during that worst Christmas? Okay, I got this. I had to think that on my worst Christmas, I'm probably last year. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was last Christmas. It was last Christmas. Yeah, I was in height of addiction. I've got 33 days now of alcohol and cocaine. So, yeah, I've just joined the day program in Brilliant. Dover and get all God last Christmas. Ooh. Where were you? You were in um, Dover? No, I was in, South, I was in Folkestone and I was in height of addiction. And it was the first time I decided to accidentally overdose on cocaine. Um, I did 18 grams in one night and ended up in hospital and it was really, really bad. <laughs> Nearly died. Um, and then came out of hospital and did it again. <laughs> so I'm like, right, it was fine. I survived it. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, you did what? <laughs> so yeah, it was a fun time. Um, I was in a peak of depression. I've got mental health issues. So it was just a case of anything to take the edge off. Hate Christmas anyone, very bar humbug about the whole thing. <laughs> See everyone in Santa hats and I'm like, nah, <laughs> no. There's a lot of the work we do is actually in the prison system where most of the guys that I work with just don't want to know about it because it's so difficult. Now Christmas. Everyone's like, what do you want for Christmas? To be clean and sober and be left alone. <laughs> but my advice to me would be if, I'm, if anyone's in that place about Christmas is to reach out and get the help and support and just remember it's one day. It is one day out of the rest of your life and is it really worth going off the wagon for Christmas? Really? <laughs> No, so I've decided to do the day programme Christmas Eve yeah. I'm engaging in everything I can possibly engage in and I'm like right let's focus on recovery yeah. but it's hard be clean and sober we left alone yeah. that's what you want for Christmas, for that's, Christmas. <laughs> that's brilliant thank you Natalie that's brilliant yeah oh god Natalie I'm glad you're in a better place this year yeah much better place I am sober I'm clean I've got a lot to be grateful for I focus on my gratitude list even when life is going down the toilet's like what have I got today I've got a roof over my head which I'm barely had last year I've messed up my tenancy agreement and I just think do you know what I'm so thankful to be clean and sober because as someone that has mental health issues I'm feeling my emotions for the first time and yeah that's hard but it's also really empowering when you learn to deal with them in a good way and I'm coming back from having a I hate sobriety I just want to numb it all experience of the last couple of days and I shared it in group I got some really good advice so I'd say reach out because you never know who's going to help and your story can help even if you hate Christmas. This is Vince, or Vinny, Vince. <laughs> and we're talking about Christmas and how hard it is, um, or can be, for people in recovery. And we want to ask you, Vince, what's your toughest Christmas? How did you get through it? And what's your advice to people who are struggling? To be honest with you, I struggled through it. I had a, quite a heavy crack addiction, like crack cocaine. And I literally was, yeah, I was in and out of my family's house, using and then coming back, using and coming back. And I, I didn't want to use, but I was literally in and out and I couldn't stop doing it. I was, uh, yeah, through, through my addiction, I'd been in and out of selling drugs and, and, and to feed my habit pretty much and that wasn't even enough in the end it was, I was in a lot of debt bankrupt after a while so yeah I, I just yeah it's, it was pure hell it wasn't it wasn't and it, does Christmas make that situation more acute do you think do you think Christmas can you remember the worst Christmas 
There, there, because I had a a, a a relationship with drugs for 20, 22 years uh, until recently, mm-hmm. on and off, on and off all the time. I was like, because my first NA uh, meeting was in Plymouth. I was like yo-yoing in and out the doors for like five, four years, sorry. And I, I think quite a lot of them were quite bad because mm-hmm. not being able to afford to buy presents because I, I had such an addiction and like I felt guilty about that so my my thing to play right would be to use more drugs yeah, and yeah. it's just it's never ending it's just it, yeah. and you eventually spend Christmases on your own you eventually isolated yourself yeah well, not very much I, I, I was able to hide it quite well for quite a while and then obviously everybody started realising I'd I, it was quite a significant bit in my youth. Like I got abused as a kid, so like my way of trying to fit, stop thinking about that would be to use drugs and to try to get. But it was making it worse, obviously. Yeah. And to come down off the crack, uh, crack I was doing heroin. I, I think I did about five times. And uh, yeah. It was, so what you know looking looking at the present now where you are what would your advice be to someone who's struggling at Christmas just go out and reach out and find some help just because I tried to do it my own way for quite some time and the best thing I ever done was to try to repair my life and just get into rehab and or a dry house just to get away from that addiction away from those circles of friends that are on drugs just people places and things basically and just just try to repair my life a little because I, I wouldn't even like to think how much money I've spent on that over the years it's probably enough to buy two houses to be honest with you, to be really honest but as it is at the minute of three three and a half months clean and the ha- the house that I'm in in Dover have helped me massively and with Forward Trust Forward Trust has been a lifesaver because I've been able to take my time and go over where that addiction come from and why I started taking drugs and it, obviously it's not always the drugs it's the underlying things that make us do drugs and so this would be your first Christmas sober for a, <coughs> for a very, very long time, since about 24. Congratulations, mate. Thank you. What was your worst Christmas ever? Uh-huh. What did you do to get through it? Uh-huh. And what's your advice to people who are, who are in the place you were then? Let me explain. I had done a very long prison sentence. So the only person who used to send me a postcard for Christmas, it was my mom. Mm-hmm. So I used to pass people's cells every Christmas and see 100 cards, lots of cards, whatever. So what's happened? I started to keep over the years the mom letter she sent me. And I used to keep it and put it in the map. So it making me feel better to have a 10 card around so, our, and I used to, something very sad, I, I started nicking the card, this card in the, in the rubbish bin after Christmas from the other people to put them up in Christmas. So For you, to make it look me, like you had more cards. Exactly. And you know what I mean? My last sentence was nine years. So practically, 
Christmas is lost this celebration, lost this celebration. And it, it wasn't easy when I come out uh, for me, but you know me, uh, eventually when I come out of prison and uh, for the first few years it was hard outside too. But I didn't want to celebrate in the same way I didn't know want to celebrate my birthday. You know I me, mean? I felt like, uh, you know, it was something just, I used to say just another day, just another mm -hmm. day. Just, you know, and the, the one of the worst Christmas I had, everyone in prison. You know, it was bad. You know, I mean, even when I went clean in prison. You know, and eventually over the years, and now, you know, um, by me doing something good uh, to somebody else, uh, that is what is my Christmas. Yeah. You know, you know, in prison, it's almost like you don't want it to exist. Yeah, Christmas. You don't. You know, I, mean, I really didn't want to. You know, I was thinking, I was everybody. Uh, I used to see my cellmate and you know, people next door to me happy or whatever, I was feeling broken inside, eh? but outside I was doing, I didn't know how they felt, because eh? they was in prison like me, but I was feeling so bad eh? every single Christmas, and I forgot them, it became another day, which I hate, I'll tell you why, because of the food, on Christmas day you close, you bugged up longer, and the food is terrible, you get that food at the beginning, and in the night you got this uh, cold meat, and uh, the, it's all been the same over Christmas, and they were so bad. You know, I, I hate it. I hate it for years. I've been hating Christmas. Well, thank God you're in a better place. Yeah. Thank God for that, yeah. If you're interested in hearing more about the More Than My Past campaign and viewing dozens more inspirational stories, check out the campaign website, morethanmypast.org.uk. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, subscribe, and look out for future episodes.